It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Uh, this week, this is my name is David Newby. Uh, this week, we're talking about um, the productivity principle of productivity and um, how to be more productive in our lives. So I'm excited to have you with us. I encourage you um, make sure you go through the two-page uh, PDF as you're listening in, and um, that way you'll get the most value of it. And make sure at the end to really uh, fill out the information on the reflect and respond uh, section. Um, uh, let's go ahead and open up uh, with a quick prayer. Uh, we have a first-time attendee. Brother, your, your first name again is? Forgive me. It's Carl. Carl. Yes, Carl, welcome. Carl, would you be uh, – I don't want to put you on the spot. Would you go ahead and open us up with a, a quick prayer, brother? Uh, yeah, sure. I sure will. Thank you. All right, dear Lord, we just thank you for this time, you know, as we come together um, to study and to become more productive. Lord, we just pray that, uh, well, the word says that we're two or more gathered in your name, that you're in the midst. So we do thank you, Lord, that you're here with us. And, Lord, we just pray that revelation, understanding, and knowledge in the area of productivity um, really takes place during this call. So, Lord, we just thank you for it, and we agree that, that it shall come to pass. We ask you this and in all things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate that, brother. Um, yeah, if this is your first time listening on a call, we're starting to share uh, this call in a few new places. Um, you definitely want to look at lared.org, uh, L-A-R-E-D.org, and uh, click on the Principles tab. Uh, all of these two-page PDFs are on that Principles page. Uh, every week we'll go ahead and post a link to the topic for that week. If you want to listen in to other week's calls, um, all of the, the, the two-page PDFs are on that Principles page there. So that's L-A-R-E-D.org, uh, lared.org. Um, so the verse for, for this week is Proverbs 14.4, uh, which states, An empty stable stays clean, but there is no income from an empty stable. Um, I believe there's another part of that even says, uh, you know, much, much productivity comes from the strength of an ox. Um, one of my favorite uh, mentors says, uh, success is made in a dirty kitchen. So if you're going to be productive, you're going to make a mess, uh, bottom line. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and jump into these first couple of paragraphs here, and, uh, and we'll, we'll discuss this and uh, sharpen each other. Okay. Uh, Carl, I'll go ahead and read the first couple of paragraphs so we can discuss it, and then you could uh, read the second couple after that. Um, so we're on the first page of the two-page PDF. It says, um, the root word of productivity is productive or fertile. It is the result of an activity. We say good land is fertile land, meaning it is valuable because it has the ability to produce. If managed right, it can make us wealthy by giving us income. Land without Managed activity cannot make us wealthy. 
A banker once visited a farm. As he drove along the white fences of the well-kept buildings and well-manicured lawns, he was amazed at the beauty. He commented to the farmer, God has given you the most beautiful farm in this valley. The farmer looked at his fields and thought of the hard work and effort it took to produce and replied, you should have seen it when only God had it. (laughs) (laughs) The potential was in the land and in the farmer, but it took the productiveness of the farmer to be successful. Wow, that's a uh, that, that's a, that's a great line. That was pretty funny. Um, it is right, <laughs> Carl. Uh, Carl, Carl, what jumps out at you from, uh, or even by all means, share a couple of things from these uh, these first couple of paragraphs. Well, the the last sentence of the first paragraph is just where it says, "Land without managed activity cannot make us wealthy." Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stands out to me. Um, forgive me if I don't say something that's right or if it doesn't come out right, but uh, no, yeah, no. that kind of kind of uh, really speaks to me there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there is no right or wrong answer here, brother. This is more us sharing um, what the Lord speaks to us as we're reading through this, you know, and really using the uh, the mastermind principle and and um, you know that uh, in the multitude of counselors, victory is assured. So we're just we're just counseling each other here. So. There is no right or wrong answer. Yeah, just share whatever is on your heart. We'll uh, we'll trust the spirit to to help us uh, understand. Yeah, that that really jumps out to me as well. Um, you know, a lot of times people would think, oh, um, I have a lot of clients who are real estate investors. Oh, I, if I get this property, then I'm going to be wealthy. It's like, well, you have to manage that property. Same thing with the land. Um, mm-hmm. You have to know how to manage any asset for it to be productive for you. And um, sadly, I think even in the body of Christ. Um, there's another proverb where it talks about uh, wealth is not secured for, 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 for all generations and that um, you need to keep careful attention to the condition of your flocks uh, and, the, and the condition of your herds. And, um, and so I think that, that that proverb goes along with the same topic that we need to um, hold ourselves accountable to, to manage things properly and to improve our skills to manage opportunities or work or um, whatever our land is. You know, even if you work as a nurse or you're not a full-time business owner yet, um, you know, your job is is your land and uh, whatever you, you do within your company, that's your land to manage. And God wants us to be productive with it. Um, another thing I thought was interesting was that, that very first sentence, you know, the root word of productivity is productive or fertile. Um, I think a lot of times, you know, people think only of the fertile, like, you know, either, you know, with a, with a woman being pregnant or, like, it's very fertile land. Like, even Genesis that says the land of that area was very fertile and good. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I thought that was interesting that um, we should we should think of ourselves almost like, uh, we can think of ourselves almost like, um, like a field. You know, are we fertile ground that the Lord can till and, and and I used to be very fruitful and produced a tenfold or a hundredfold result, or are we dried out um, in desperate need of some rain land um, that the Lord cannot use, you know, that's like really hard to till. And um, I have to admit for, for a lot of my Christian walk, I've, I've had some long seasons where I was very dry, uh, unproductive land. So, um, yeah, that jumped out at me as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The um the 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 word picture you know about the farmer looking at the beauty of the farmer's uh, farm. 
That made me think of another proverb where it talks about, uh, I think it's a proverb, it might be Ecclesiastes, where it says, I went past the field of the sluggard. Yeah, that is in Proverbs. In Proverbs, uh, yeah. Yeah, and he says, you know, I and I and I took a lesson, you know, that laziness is going to lead to poverty, um, mm-hmm. but the diligent, the diligent hand produces wealth. Um, I think that, that description of the farmer, of the banker and commenting, um, that really made me think of that proverb right away. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah, I've I've read that um that proverb um a couple of times too. Well, I yeah. think it goes something like a little sleep, a little slumber, um, a little folding of the hands or something like that. Yep, a little and, folding hands to rest. Yeah, I I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read that, but uh, That's okay. The rest of it is uh, a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a bandit. So, yeah, right. yeah, it'll sneak up on you uh, suddenly, and you'll be broke if you're if you're not, you know, tilling your land and being diligent. Yeah, it definitely that when I read that, it definitely made me think, and to this day, it still, still, uh, still speaks to me, and how that you know you have to actively, you know, be involved and participate. I mean, just even I was just looking at the. You know the second paragraph that you read, and, and how that uh, the farmer says, you know, you should have seen it when only God had it. You mm-hmm. know, I, I was thinking how much that God has, you know, has given us so much, um, and it is beautiful in the way He's given it. But you know, there's so much more that, as you can see in this, just in this whole little story here. That the farmer even even uh, uh, tended it and and made it even more beautiful, um, you know, just by his diligence and and um, and the work he did, uh, you know, with the upkeep of it. And it makes me think about Genesis, how that uh, you know, well, Adam and Eve when they were in the garden, and how it said you know he gave them the and he said he gave the land uh, to them, but they had to tend it and keep it, you know. So I'm right. not sure if that in Genesis. Um, yeah, well, I, I thought of two places. One was after they had to, after they left the garden. It talks about they had to toil. To yeah, produce. that's what, yeah, that's exactly, yeah. And also when they came into Israel, you know, Joshua told them, look, uh, you know, he reminded them, this is, this is land the Lord gave you. You know, you didn't earn this land. You didn't produce all these, plant all of these uh, grapes and all of this produce. You know, this land was so fertile. Um, but, you know, he did say, look, you guys, you, know, you guys got to take care of it. But he did remind them, like, look, the Lord gave this to you. Much like you said, the Lord has given us a lot of gifts. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Carl, when you're, when you're talking about that statement, you should have seen it when only God had it. I think it, it, it's a lot funnier if you imagine it was a southern farmer. I think it's more entertaining. <laughs> I miss southern. I miss having a southern accent. I think it's cool. So yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine a North Carolina tobacco farmer saying, "You should have seen it when only God had it." Like, <laughs> yeah, don't right. Discount the, don't discount, discount all the work I did, Mr. Baker. Um, I thought right. of one other people you were just talking, Carl. Um, you know, so often you were just saying God gave us all these abilities, um, but we have to do the work. I think sometimes it's easy for us to uh, ask God to bless us, and then we're not doing his known will already. Like, that's foolish of us. We need to be doing his known will while we're seeking his 
his direction and guidance. And a lot of times, you know, I think it's a good reminder for us to examine our prayer life. Like, are we asking God to do all this stuff when he's given us authority and he's given us the ability uh, to do things? Because in all things, we need to acknowledge him. You know, that's another proverb. In all, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct our path. Um, but if we're seeking him and we're not doing the work, you know, it can we can sometimes be a little lazy and be asking God to do stuff that he, he wants us to do. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I think Lance said it maybe at the dream trip or maybe it was somewhere else. Um, I've been listening to a couple of uh, audios of things of his, I thought. Um, but he said, I think he said something to that effect. Like um, sometimes, you know, you might be praying and asking God for uh, a healing or a deliverance, and the Lord is like, hey, you know, uh, you have cancer. You have some unforgiveness against this brother or this sister. It's like, obey my word, let go of that, and your body will heal itself. And um, that really jumped out at me. How often yeah. do we, how many times do we, it must be something that's serious, so cancer, how often do we have a sin in our life we haven't dealt with and we're asking God to take care of something and, um, you know, he, he may be wanting to get our attention saying, hey, deal with what I already told you to do and obey my word and, and this is going to this is gonna take care of itself. So, um, yeah, I appreciate you uh, sharing that, Carl. It made me think of that principle. Well, Carl, would you be so kind as to read the, the, the next couple of paragraphs there on that first page and we'll... Um, Look at some other items. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, pro- productivity means we have to participate actively with concepts, ideas, and resources to transform them into something greater. The end result of pro- productivity is to build a prosperous society. In every person, there is potential. We are born with the ability to produce. It is our responsibility to use productivity to manage our potential. Our failure is usually because of our lack of productivity. If we are not productive, expect nothing. But when we use our abilities, we will make progress towards our potential. In society, a lack of productivity creates poverty. The key to effectiveness is to manage hard work with productivity on one side with control and organization on the other side. We should never stand back and be satisfied with just being organized. Organization without productivity equals failure. Many times, production is swallowed up by fixing messes. Building creates sawdust and dirt. We cannot be productive without having some type of disorder. If we could master organization while being productive, our lives will be very successful. Mm. Well, that second paragraph is like uh, a perfect summation of the uh, we should work hard and smart. Some people are like, we got to work smart, you know, do all this organization. And some people are like, oh, forget that. I'll just, you know, work harder. And um, I suppose we got to do both, you know, work smarter, work smarter and work harder, both. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of us with entrepreneurial bents, we're just sort of like, you know, let's not overly plan. Let's just go do it, um, and we'll figure it out as we go. Mm-hmm. I definitely more towards that side than mm-hmm. uh, overly planning. But at the same time, I do like to analyze stuff and gather data and sort of create an action plan and then um, and then go ahead and execute it. So, 
Um, Let's just look at you. That that last sentence in the first paragraph was quite powerful. You know, in society, a lack of productivity creates poverty. There's so much debate about what creates poverty. I think a lot of times it's just like we're not doing enough. Sadly, in America, I think we've become too lazy as a nation um, overall. I I agree very much so. Um, I mean, this is really speaking to me very loud as as well. Um, and um, I'm kind of in that place myself at a at a place where, um, you know, like you were saying, you said that um, that a lot of times uh, most people that are entrepreneurial they have a tendency to just kind of go and they don't necessarily think about uh you know all the stuff that that you have to take care of around that when you move in that right. direction and um and uh I've kind of <laughs> kind of done that myself quite a bit and uh and learned some learn some um uh, some lessons some tough lessons from that and so right now I'm just trying to regroup and trying to uh, and trying to be more productive, um, you know, and not be lazy. So so that's kind of where I'm at. So a lot of what all this is saying that we're talking about now is definitely uh, speaking loud and clear to me at this point. So, <laughs> Yeah, they say uh, motion creates emotion. I know um, talking about that, that, that first paragraph that you read about um, – you know, in every person there is potential. I think sometimes we can get paralysis of analysis and overthink something, and sometimes we can just get shiny object syndrome and go, oh, that looks awesome, I'm going to do that. What looks awesome, I'm going to do that. And it's like sometimes we got to realize we're a body, and, and your strength, Carl, is going to be different than my strength. Or, you know, I might have five strengths and you have seven strengths, and ours, we have two of that overlap, and the rest are different. And, and it would be foolish of me to go, wow, Carl's being really successful in whatever you're doing, and go, I'm going to go do that. And I think I did that in my 20s, actually, when I was first getting into business. Mm-hmm. I would see a friend doing well on this and want to go do that or see another person, uh, a mentor somewhere, doing something and want to do that. And and, um, and it is very wise to model success. At the same time, we need to realize, hey, um, it, it, it's valuable to stop and ask, ask the Lord, what are my strengths that you've given me or all uniquely created? And, um, you know, seek the Lord. What, what would you have me do? Um, in an entrepreneurial venture uh, that uses my strengths and, and be strategic about that. Because um, if I try to duplicate you, that's foolish. I mean, you are the only you there is, Carl. And uh, I think sometimes right. it's easy for us to do that in our flesh. You know, oh, Donald Trump, billionaire real estate investor. I'm going to go produce high-end real estate like Trump. It's like, well, maybe you maybe you have the vision for that. Maybe you don't. Like, and I had, uh, Lance has that great tool. Uh, what is it, the Destiny Dashboard? I think that's a... Um, a really cool tool because um, so often, you know, you might only have to like uh, do two or three things to find something that really resonates with you. If you have uh, some some data from a tool like that, and you've taken some of um, analyzed yourself, if you will, uh, ahead of time as part of your strategy, instead of going and doing ten or fifteen things and figuring out what you like and what you're good at, which is what I did. I didn't know about the destiny dashboard. Uh, I'm 40 now, so 15. Yeah, what is I was just going to ask you the Destiny dashboard. What's what's that? I believe it is a uh, a course. I mean, he has a lot of stuff on Lance Learning. Like Lance does go around and speak a lot around the country. Probably, I would guess about twenty times a year he's going places. 
Um, sometimes maybe it's more or less. But uh, I believe it's a software, and, um, and he might also have it in book form. Um, I saw him in Ypsilanti, Michigan about three weeks ago, and a guy, um, I forget the guy's name. I wrote down the name of his book. I haven't bought it off of Amazon yet. Um, but I'm glad you asked that, Carl, because I think I need to buy that book. But wherever he does the um, next-gen camps in the summers, um, there's a guy who bought a really large property. That guy wrote a book. Um, I need to go find the name of that book now. Anyways, I believe that book that guy wrote has, like, the Destiny Dashboard sort of written out just in a book form. Um, but I believe the Destiny Dashboard is actually like a software where you can plug in. You can take some uh, tests and, you know, plug in your strengths, personality, how you do stuff. Um, whether it's like, it's like the con convergence of your passions and your skill set um, and your spiritual gifts. And then he really helps you hone in on what are some of the best opportunities for you to, um, to look at seizing um, based upon how the Lord has made you. Okay. Yeah. If you, on, if you go on lancelearning.com and click on the store link, uh, I'm sure that if you just uh, look for the name Destiny Dashboard, you'll you'll find it. And uh, I believe it. I believe it was like under a hundred dollars. And um, man, Carl, I still wish I would have had that when I was 25. I mean, I literally spent 30 or 40 or 50 thousand dollars buying different courses and going to seminars and all these things before I really figured out what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I know. So that's, that's that's an amazing amazing tool that you know we can use, especially if you have a brother or a sister going. I'm thinking about going into business. Like, oh, say, awesome, praise the Lord. Check out this tool. Use this tool before you go jump in and invest ten grand or twenty grand. Or the average business is a hundred grand. You know, MLMs you can do for like under a thousand. Right. Um, so I think it's a great resource to not only use ourselves but share with other brothers and sisters um, looking to go into business. Yeah, I um, and I'm not, I want to try to get off on course with what we're talking about here, but yeah, I um, I'm just kind of new coming in, new to Lance, uh, mm -hmm. and the whole thing with the uh, the seven mountains and all of that. I'm just now kind of you know jumping into that. So it's it, as as a matter of fact, up until probably you know since November, if they has one conference. You know, I'd heard of Lance, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand him very well. Mm -hmm. um, but it was until I went to the, the As One conference that I really started grasping. So a lot of this is still kind of very new to me. So so I'm just to kind of give you a, a little bit of background about me. So, but uh, oh, it's not going off course. I mean, that that's that's us being productive. You know, me knowing where you come from, your your experience. Um, you know, that helps us actually be able to minister to each other. Um, yeah. yeah, I learned about, I think it's sort of neat to have people learned about the Seven Mountain Message. I uh, uh, was at a Christian, not a Christian, I was just at a Dan Kennedy marketing meeting um, five years ago, and I met a guy who was also a believer, and we were talking about, like, I asked him, you know, what do you do when you're not working on your marketing? And he said, oh, I'm going to this, uh, you know, Christian group, uh, men's purity group to help me, you know, have victory over pornography. And I'm like, oh, I think I need to go to that. So I learned about Celebrate Recovery through that guy. And as we got to know each other, he told me about um, Oz Hillman. You know, Oz Hillman has a daily uh, easing uh, called Today God is First, and he had been getting that. So he told me about Oz Hillman. I signed up for his easing. That's how I learned about the Seven Mountain Message uh, through him. He's written several books. So Lance keeps saying, you know, since 15 years, one of these days I'll get my book out. Uh, as someone puts out about about a book a year, so I think he's put out about 14 books now he's written. Um, 
I learned a lot through, I like to read books. I've, I've published two books and um, uh, I like to read a lot. So I think I've read four or five, maybe six of Oz's books now. But through Oz uh, Solomon, uh, I went to a conference in Georgia and I met a guy named Johnny Enlow. And then um, at that event of Oz's, I met a lady who does prophetic prayer and she told me about Lance. So it's sort of like how there's, um, there's Zig Ziglar and there's Jim Rohn and there's Les Brown. Mm-hmm. They all teach they all teach how to be successful using biblical principles. They just have different flavors. They have different accents. They're from different parts of the country. They have different speaking styles. Uh, I, I liken Lance and Oz Hillman and Johnny Enlow the same way, the sort of the, the big three of the Seven Mountain message uh, internationally. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat hearing how you, uh, you know, came to find out about stuff. I mean, praise the Lord, you, you're learning about the Seven Mountain uh, strategy and being more strategic. And uh, how you work to you know work to do things for the kingdom. That's really exciting, Carl. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm just trying to trying to um, um, trying to get some direction with all of this and understand it better and and figure out you know exactly because I'm still in a point of trying to determine um, you, know, you know which mountain do I fit in. I mean, I have ideas and thoughts about mm-hmm. it. Not really too sure still at this point, so so that's kind of um, kind of where I'm where I'm at as far as that's concerned. So. Well, I I uh, I think that's awesome. And uh, welcome, Rosa. I just saw on the on the uh, web thing that you're here. That I just now saw your note. If you wrote it ten minutes ago, forgive me for just responding. Um, so welcome, Rosa. Feel free to to join in our discussion. Um, no, that that's good, Carl, because. Uh, so many Christians just say, hey, you know, I know I need a minister to my family. And, and um, you know, a lot of Christians might be thinking, man, I feel called to, like, work in education or work in government, but how am I going to honor God with that? That's not full-time Christian ministry. And that was one thing I learned from Oz Hillman, talking about being productive. Um, Oz Hillman said every single believer is in full-time Christian ministry. This idea that I'm, I think I'm being called into full-time Christian ministry that is a Greek philosophy. Uh, Asoman has a book called Faith and Work, uh, colon, Do They Mix? Question mark. And he, he answers in the book, yes, they do mix. Our, our faith should mix with anything that we do. And um, mm-hmm. what he said was, that's a Greek way of thinking, that there is this religious work that's a higher level work, and then there's regular work. You're a doctor, you're a business owner, you're a teacher, you're a nurse, you're whatever you are. Um, you own a dry cleaners or you own a real estate company. And he's like, no, we're all equal in Christ. All of our work is valuable. Um, And he said, actually, you could argue that non-religious work is more important than religious work because of the 12 disciples, um, they were all in the marketplace. None of them were scribes or Pharisees or religious workers at all. Um, So, you know, I think that when you look at what mountain am I called to, that's a great thing to be discovering and praying through and, and looking at because, too often in the church, the church has said, Hollywood is evil, like stay away from Hollywood, right? We should be influencing the arts for Christ. Or, you know, government is crooked, it's all backstabbing and it's dirty, and don't get into politics. But it's like the Lord wants to be glorified in every area of culture, including in the arts and in government. And uh, for too long, we have given that ground to the enemy. So um, I discovered that through Osman's book, you know, Faith and Work, Do They Mix? And um, I think it's awesome, Carl, that you are, working through this. Uh, Rose, I don't want to put you on the spot. You can just listen if you want, or you can totally talk with us. Um, 
uh, we're going to go ahead. Let's go ahead and do the next couple of paragraphs, Carl. Um, and Rosa, after I read these next couple of paragraphs, we're in the last two paragraphs of the first uh, page of the two-page PDF. Um, by all means, feel free to um, you know share any insights the Lord the Lord may prompt you with as we're uh, moving forward. Um, so yeah, looking forward here, at, we're, we're at the second paragraph on the sec, second column of page one. Uh, too many unproductive, organized chiefs, uh, having clean stables, spend most of their time enjoying the, their benefits programs uh, and are not being productive. That's why we downsize. Being productive may not seem to be in style, and it may seem unorganized at times, but it still works best for the bottom line. Thank goodness for workhorses messing up the stable. Uh, they generate income. Amen. Thanks the word for uh, messy workhorses. In many organizations, there is a lot of time wasted in our daily routine doing personal activities instead of producing, like going on Facebook, I'm guilty. Um, our motivation should be to increase our value by developing new ideas and increase our personal productivity. We can fall into a rut forgetting the real world is competitive, efficient, and most of all creative. When we work without being conscious of why we do what we do and for whom we do it, this can affect our character and cause us to be unproductive. Wow. That paragraph right before benefits, that's uh, pretty convicting for me, actually. Yeah. I think it's easy when you're in your niche to go, oh, um, whatever. I'll give you an example. I have a client. He invests in real estate in Chicago. He's been doing it 20 years. He's made a million dollars a year every year, just about the last 20 years. He, he knows what he's doing. It can be very easy for him to slack off on a couple of deals and go, oh, you know, I'm already making 20000 a month from my uh, rental income. You know, like uh, I don't need to do more and sort of get into a rut of maybe working two hours less a day. Um, I've definitely seen myself do that. Sometimes I'll get to a level of success with something and then I sort of slack off and that's when you're really in the danger part. So that second paragraph really um, jumped out at me about the world is competitive. You know, like Chinese investors with a, with a $500 million dollars all they got to do is put 500 grand in a U.S. bank account, and they can come here and buy like a ton of property and become your competitor in Chicago. Um, it's a global marketplace, so um, I think we should think a lot more globally and and uh, do our best for the Lord. You know, like that last sentence says, if we forget what we do and for whom we do it, you know, we should do everything we do to the best of our ability for us, the Lord we're serving in that. Men, um, yeah, that that super jumped out at me big time. Yeah. How about you, Rosa or Carl? Well, what things jumped out at you from, from these um, just couple of paragraphs here? What insights are? And by the way, even questions are fine to ask, Rosa. If you want, you can even, uh, if you want to just write your question, we can, um, I'm watching it, you know, we can answer your question if you just want to um, listen and not chime in if you're in a loud place. By the way, Carl, if you ever want to join the call and you're in a loud place, I think you can hit like, you know, you just hit the mute button on your phone and you can still listen in. Um, that's about the only time we don't want someone to have their phone wide open is if they're in a loud, uh, loud environment driving or kids screaming in the background or whatever. Um, right. What things yeah. did you from this? Yeah. From these two paragraphs, did anything really jump out at you or, uh, or prompt you that we were going over those things there, Carl? Well, um, I was just thinking in the second paragraph, too, there, you know, it says, you know, um, our motivation should be to increase our value by developing new ideas and increase for our personal pro productivity. 
we can fall into a rut forgetting that the real world is competitive, efficient, and most of all, create creative. Um, I, I'm just when I was reading, I was just thinking about um, you know my job, the, the job I'm working because um, I'm still trying to de- determine you know where I I do know that I'm, I'm called in some way into business and doing that, but I'm still trying to trying to work through all of that but and it just made me think about being at work at the job I'm at um, I'm just going to be very honest I don't like it <laughs> at all and uh, and I'm looking to either move leave or transition from it and like because at where I'm working at now I've it's been quite a struggle um, you know um, I know that everybody goes through this process you know, with, you know, um, you know, God, you know, trying to move you and transition you and to get you, um, you know, uh, you know, to a place. Well, I'm I'm trying to put this out and say it where it makes sense and I'm trying to communicate it. But right now in the process of where God is trying to take me to, I'm going through, you know, how the Joseph calling and, and all of that. And I feel that's real that's what I'm experiencing right now and and to be very honest in and some of the things some of the things that at the company I've been at they've been um real negative in a negative way, you know, people try to hold you back and that kind of thing. And I'm just gonna be very honest, it's been kinda hard for me to um to keep my uh to keep my attitude in check and trying to go through this process. But I was thinking, you know, um you know even going through all of this i've just been um uh kind of not really probably giving my very best at the job and you know not saying i'm doing anything really bad and i'm i'm maintaining probably doing better than most people are that are there but i know there's more i can do and have a better attitude about it so whatever it sounds like you're uh... You're saying, if I can uh, summarize or f- feedback to you what you're saying in a slightly different way, Carl, is that um, uh, if your boss is like a Potiphar, um, you know, maybe uh, you're getting harassed by his wife and the helpers, and sometimes, you know, it might affect your productivity. So you want to be productive, and yet you are struggling with um, maybe what would help you is focusing on the Lord instead of focusing on the environment or the actions of others so that you can be as productive as possible and, and be a great witness to those people. Because, yeah, I mean, it's not fun. I appreciate your honesty. It's not fun when the Lord is pointing our character through a trial. And it sounds like you're having some trials with uh, your work environment. So um, I can relate to that. I lost $500,000 in under six months um, about six, seven years ago. Uh, i become quite prideful, and the Lord just humbled me. And um, that was no fun for me, no fun for my wife. My my kids were younger, so they were not aware of it. But you know, we almost got divorced. And um, by God's grace, you know, we, we worked through it. Um, so I can, you know, the Joseph calling is not fun at all. Um, and just so you know, that's one thing. Um, I told him is another book. I think his best-selling book ever is called The Upside of Adversity. And um, he joined a thing called the International uh, Christian uh, Chamber of Commerce. By the way, Rosa, I see what you wrote, and I'm about to uh, go over this in just a minute, so I appreciate you um, writing uh, your input here about uh, reading the e and, and um, 
being more productive and implementing things. Uh, you know, I think that's great you sharing that so openly, Carl, because, uh, you know, a lot of us struggle with that, and sometimes we just might not vocalize it. So, um, yeah, I'd encourage you, what, what that upside adversity talks about is he learned from a mentor of his, um, a guy named Gunnar Olson. He started the International Christian Chambers of Commerce. I think it's the ICCC. Um, uh, that almost every single person the Lord wants to use, whenever he wants to use you for a greater thing, he will always put you through a Joseph Pitt experience. It's almost like a universal story amongst Christian business owners. Um, so, so you're not alone, brother. I share that with you to say that is usually the pattern God takes us through. So trust that he is honing your character and accomplishing what he wants to accomplish and you are refining you for this next task as you're seeking what to do next. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, I think Rosa left us, but she said she's going to try to call back and review IP so she can talk. Uh, by all means, uh, welcome uh, uh, our, our new member from Hawaii. If, um, if, you don't, if you're not able to talk, that's fine. Um, you can always uh, uh, write in our chat window if you're on by your computer uh, any questions, and we'll go over it. Uh, Carl, I just want to real quick bring up what uh, Rosa had written here on the chat, written in the chat window. Okay. She had written, um, um, reading Michael Gerber's EMIS this week, which is all about systemizing and creating processes to be more productive. Um, she said, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of jotting down product ideas but not executing it. And I've been in this cycle uh, several times. I can totally relate to that. I, a lot of times we'll think of three or four things we can do, maybe, you know, start a part-time business crawl in a certain amount the Lord's calling you to. And sometimes we can think over it for three or four or six months and keep kicking the can down the road instead of executing. Um, so, um, ah, see, okay, Rosa works in fashion, so it's a very cyclical thing, and it's uh, important to execute things in a timely fashion when a trend is going on, like whatever, you know, some new look um, for the season, you really got to seize that opportunity. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, Rosa, I don't know if you're still with us or not, but I'm going to go ahead and just get a little input on that for, um, before we move on to page two of our PDF uh, is, um, yeah, I mean, you were just reading it, Carl. Um, you got to realize that the real world is most of all creative. If you, if you, um, the great thing is this, the world is always changing. I think it's changing at a faster and faster pace with globalization and with the fact that the competitors are expanding uh, rapidly. Um, but what's neat is, I think we should remember this, we are all, um, we all have Christ in us. And we have Christ's creative abilities in us. And, I mean, God just spoke the universe into existence. And look at all the amazing colors and, you know, nature and just, you know, all the cool stuff it is, whether it's in space or just on the earth. So um, we have that same creative ability in us. And so uh, I think that's really vital for us when we're doing something trendy or working in a creative capacity is that um, we have the Lord's creative power within us. We just need to learn how to access it. And um, I think that we can be preeminent or dominant or the best most creative, most awesome at whatever we do, if we, if we do two things, if we continually commit to um, learn new things and increase our skill and ability and we uh, implement quickly, which is what we're talking about a lot here, how do, we, how do we implement quickly? You know, like be willing to make a mess and clean it up. Um, don't wait until you have every uh, contingency plan uh, accounted for and then execute. Because if you do that, someone else is going to beat you to the punch and and uh, get the worm, so to speak, right? That's why they get you up early in the military, right, Carl? You got to get up at the track and 
and uh, beat the other guy to it, so to speak. Um, yeah, so, so why don't we go ahead and uh, go through some of these benefits. Uh, Carl, you want to go ahead and um, read out these, uh, these benefits from being more productive for us, for us brother? Okay. Um, number one, it will take us out of an attitude of complacency. Um, two, it will make us conscious of time. Three, it will make us responsible for our abilities and ideas. And four, it will motivate us, give us confidence and hope. Yes, yes, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I like that number three. Being more productive will make us responsible for our abilities and ideas. I think, I think the, more accountability is good for all of us. Um, not just being more productive, but measuring how productive we are and, and measuring that over time. Like, are we becoming more productive or less? Um, you know, we should not be afraid to benchmark our own both activity and the results both. I think we should measure both of those. Um, uh, Carl, would you? By the way, welcome, uh, welcome our brother or sister from Connecticut. I see we have someone from Connecticut on the line. Um, we're on page two of the PDF. We're about to go into steps to follow. Um, Carl, could you go ahead and uh, and read those four steps to follow as well, and we could we can discuss those. We have about 15 minutes left. So David, we can go this is Rosa, by the way. I'm I'm showing a Connecticut number. Oh, but I'm, yeah, I'm actually in Rhode Island. <laughs> so okay, yeah, wonderful. go ahead. Um, well, uh, well, uh, Rosa, let's we'll have uh, Carl read the steps, and then we can discuss it. And then, if you're open to it, you can read those last couple of paragraphs uh, right before the reflect and respond. Carl, would you go ahead and read those uh, four steps for us, brother? Okay. Uh, one, earn your way through life. Life is a gift, and what we do with it is in our hands. Things don't just happen. We must make them happen. Mm -hmm. Two, manage what you produce. Learn to maintain your land and eliminate waste. Three, be efficient. Learn the difference between quality and quantity. Utilize benchmarks to show whether or not your projects are progressing. Mm -hmm. This allows you to balance Hard work with productivity. Work smarter, not harder. Four, learn to be organized. Many people simply don't know how to organize, and they lose productivity. A craftsman knows how to keep his tools in order. Don't waste a lot of time looking for things that you have misplaced. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Uh, that's me sometimes. If you guys can see my office, I have about... 20 piles of papers and uh, and other things. But interestingly enough, I pretty much know where stuff is. It's when I need to find something from like five years ago that that, that can become a challenge and I can waste some time looking for it, a piece of paper. Um, yeah. Uh, Rosa, did anything, did anything jump out at you from these, these four steps? Maybe that really resonates with you or prompt something in you? Um, um, I, I just make baby steps. Uh, so, so for this month, I so I'm for my business. I'm by myself. Uh, so when I did the bookkeeping, I uh, started jotting down the the uh, procedures. Uh-huh. That's my my uh, my effort to do to uh, go up these baby steps in organizing. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So you've been, you've been uh, like, like, like you said you were reading the e-book, you've been documenting your own processes so that, like, when you have staff and stuff, they can do things the right way. Is that what you've been doing? You've been documenting things? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to just um, uh, prepare just uh, in case I, I'm going to hire someone. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it was based on the book, too. Yeah, that's really smart. I um I read uh Emus and then Emus revisited and then I had the third one, the Emus explained or something. I forgot. Uh, no, Emus Emus Mastery. I haven't finished reading Emus Mastery. Um, yeah, there's a couple of really good uh, uh systems to sort of teach you how to make um uh basically like a operations manual for your company. Um, one resource is called Work the System. I think it's WorkTheSystem.com. This guy used to work like 100 hours a week, and he was always like barely keeping his business open, and it was so frustrating. And his, you know, his wife, I think, wanted to divorce him, and you know, he just he had a horrible quality of life. Um, I think just like once a week, he started documenting one system, and then he started training someone how to do that one thing. And um, he did that, and over the course of like a couple of years, he was working 40 hours a week, and he was making like five times the profit because once he had everything documented, other people people could do stuff, and it got done properly. So. Um, I commend you, Rosa. That's awesome. And, um, yeah, I mean, the fact that you're documenting things, when you do hire someone, you can measure, like, you can do a benchmark right away of, hey, if I show them how to do this, I tell them to read this operation, this, this system, and then I tell them, show me how to do this after you read it. I want to see how well it's explained and how well you understood it. Now you can benchmark, hey, how well is that system working and how well did I communicate what needs to get done? So um, you're well on your way. That's, that's awesome, Rosa. Keep up the good work, sister. Actually, I have a confession to make. This used to be my uh, my former job before I had my own business. <laughs> so, um, but you know, it's just when I when you have your own business, I this this is actually at least my experience. All of a sudden, I have a completely different mindset that I'm finding something more fun, and I concentrate in that. You know, and Back when I used to work in the corp- uh, corporate, I have mm, it feels like I have more accountability, and mm-hmm. now I have, y- you know what I mean. So that is and my confession. So I just have to do it, you know. Yeah, when you start off with a small business, um, it's like you are your worst boss because uh, we're not going to hold ourselves as accountable as another person is. Um, I, I, I've, I've struggled with that too, Rosa. I think the best way to deal with that is twofold. One, get an outside accountability partner or a mentor. Um, there's a group called SCORE. It's a society, service core of retired executives. I think it's SCORE.org is the website. I actually have the link to that in my first book. Um, you can find someone who's like has experience in the fashion industry that could be like a mentor to you. So I think that's a great place to look. Um, also, I would look in places like Os uh Marketplace Leaders Community or 7mcity.com. I think they renamed it. Um, but look for mentors, um, you know, in your industry and ideally, you know, even through church networks or, or online, seven, uh, seven Mountain Networks, look for another brother or sister that can hold you accountable. Like, hey, if you're planning to make 20, 10 calls a week to stores to, to carry your items, say you're actually producing your own fashion pieces you want to sell them in retail or you want to wholesale, wholesale them to stores, have someone check on you once a week. Hey, how many of those 10 did you call? And, um, you know, that way you have a target and you have someone external 
uh, holding you accountable to how many did you call. And I think if you do those two things, develop systems and, and get a mentor and have someone hold you accountable, uh, you know, you'll, uh, your results will improve dramatically. And that's actually an area I need to improve on. I have several good mentors, but I need to be sending them my numbers uh, more consistently week in and week out and say, hey, here's what we produced, here's what our target was, and then they can ask you, what can you do differently to hit your target? You know, how can you be more productive um, with the work that you're doing? So I appreciate you making that confession, Rosa. I have that same challenge. I think most entrepreneurs starting out uh, have that challenge. So we really need that, that outside sharpening, and that's part of what this call is for, for us to sharpen each other. Well, uh, Rosa, do you want to read those last two paragraphs before the re uh, reflect and respond section, starting where it says uh, individuals, communities, and nations? Do you have the two-page PDF uh, by you? If you don't, I can read yeah. the yeah, okay. Individuals, individuals, communities, and nations have to be productive. People have to keep working, creating, and developing dreams. This gives structure to our imagination. If we stop creating, we will not grow mentally. Grow, growth comes from people who are doing something. Become a producer, not just a, a consumer. If we consume more then we produce, we will go bankrupt individually and as a society. We are not born with wealth, but have been given the ability to create it. The key to wealthy, to wealthy living is a productive life. Every human being enters and leaves this world without material wealth. The only thing we leave is our character and reputation. Our character is developed by how productive we have been in our work and in our lives. Remember, thoughts, thoughts produce actions. Actions become habits. Habits form our character, and character determines our destiny. Amen. Yeah, the, um, that, that second paragraph there really jumps out at me. Uh, you know, the focus on legacy. You know, um, Every human being enters and leaves this world without material wealth. The only thing we leave is our character and reputation. Um, it's amazing how many wealthy people uh, focus on, I want my kid to have a better life than me, but they focus so much time in creating material wealth, and they do not spend enough time teaching their kids proper mindset, character, biblical principles, um, not just modeling it, but actually teaching it to their kids um, that you know the kids do not have good character, it's worse character than them, and then they, they're poor stewards of the wealth and it's gone. So um, I really like that, that where it says the only thing we leave is our character and reputation. I would almost adjust it to say the only thing of true eternal value that we leave is our character and our reputation. Because you can leave your kids a bunch of money, um, but that, that's not really what we should focus on as far as legacy goes. So um, I really like that a lot, you know, that, that focus on legacy. Um, that really convicts me that I, I've been being convicted the last six months or so that I need to be doing more regular uh, Bible studies in my home and teaching my kids like stuff I'm doing in my work and how I'm applying uh, wisdom of the word uh, in my work and how even if they don't have a business, they should be doing the same thing when they have a job because most of us spend the majority of our time each day uh, at our work. We spend more time at work than we do at home most usually. So, um you know, unless you work from home, but even then you're in work mode most of the day. So, um, yeah, that really jumps out at me a lot. 
I think that that's that's um that's a great way to sum up this whole topic. Can they jump out at you, Carl or, or Rosa, from these couple of paragraphs here? Well, I was just um, thinking about growth comes from people who are doing something. Become mm-hmm. a producer, not just a consumer. If we consume more than we produce, we will go bankrupt individually and as a society. And uh, you know that really speaks to me um, because I do want to be you know uh, more productive especially within, you know, with where, um, you know, finding that plan that God has and then really uh, jump into it and do it. Uh, because just to be honest, uh, you know, cause I've been uh, been kind of a little lazy. And uh, so, um, so I do want to become more producer, and I just don't want to be a consumer. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's, kind of thing it, it's really talking to me pretty loud and clear so yeah. well, let's all embrace our inner uh, drill sergeant and hold ourselves to a higher level of accountability or um, you know let, let's uh, let's do our best uh, one thing that's sort of neat like Rosa if we work for ourselves or even if you work for someone else um, you know Carl a lot of times you know your boss isn't asking you for um, you know your numbers not sadly not that many companies track stuff and track it regularly so um, maybe to start tracking some some productivity benchmarks of our own, and just measure where are we at, and then see the next week can you do better? Hey, if you make five sales, uh, can you make six next week or whatever that is? Um, you know, if you sell twenty dresses or so one week, I don't know what you what you what all you do in fashion. If you can sell twenty two or twenty five the next week, you know, just sort of um, by measuring, we can start to see just to improve our own best, and we don't have to compete with some other person. Um, I wanted to leave you with one thing, Carl, about being productive. Um, hold yourself to, to account, you know, just because you want to do your best for the Lord. Um, and until you know clearly what mountain to focus on in the seven mountains and then what you're gonna, what the Lord would have you do in that mountain, um, just focus on being as productive as you can be where you are. You know, mm-hmm. Joseph, was, Joseph was a slave, yet the Lord prospered him. He was a prosperous slave. He got promoted from being a slave to a prisoner. We wouldn't think of it as a promotion, but, you know, that was the Lord's next step. Um, so um, I think instead of, you know, thinking that way, uh, being that God brings a lot of uh, Christians with the seven mountain understanding through a Joseph process, hey, wherever you are, focus on prospering where you are. You know, it doesn't just have to be that I need to go somewhere else to be productive. But let's remember to be productive with wherever, whatever land, you know, the Lord has given us to till, at that moment, let's till that land um, for all it's worth and, and let the Lord find us a faithful steward. And then um, he's going to, you know, oftentimes entrust us with more um, as we are as we are good stewards and we pass the test that he has for us, the character test. Yeah. Well, guys, um, if this is your first time doing it, I'd encourage you, um, do they really say that the meat and the biggest benefit from going through these studies, which you guys have both been awesome. Thank you so much for participating. Um, the best results come when we actually write out this reflect and respond section. So uh, I'd encourage you, um, you know, these three questions. Have you kept your position in life by being productive? Um, do you consider yourself a producer or a consumer? Do you have a tendency to be overly organized or productively messy? Um, on those three questions, rate yourself honestly. Hey, if you're at a two, that's okay. You know where you are. You, you can improve. 
if you're at a six, whatever the number is, don't don't judge it too much. This is really for us to do. Um, but I always encourage people do those. Do the. Um, I don't always focus so much on why did you give yourself the rating, but um, what benefits will you obtain by raising your rating, and what action are you going to take put into practice? Don't write four or five actions. It's very easy for entrepreneurs to write ten things they're going to do. Don't do that. Just write down like two, and then ask the Lord which of these would help me the most, and then just focus on doing that thing for the next week until the next roundtable. Um, if you just find that one thing and focus on improving it every day, the results will improve a lot. So um, I'd encourage you guys very strongly, you know, write down an action you want to take in your work to be more productive, and then um, look at this daily. And, um, you know, it says every day circle, you know, when you when you actually focus on that item and, and um, sort of measure results. Usually you'll see improvement very, very quickly. Sometimes in less than a week, sometimes it might take a couple of weeks, you know, if it's a longer for example, me, one of one of my companies sells a five to ten thousand dollar consulting package. The sales cycle is like two to three weeks selling that. So if tomorrow we tweak something in our sales process, I'm not going to know the result until two to three weeks from now. Um, but just in general, tweaking one thing and measuring what change it makes is um, the way we're going to get the most value from these roundtables. So uh, I'd encourage everyone listening and and Carl and Rosa here with me. Um, yeah, take the time, you know, two minutes after we end the call here and write down something you're going to do um, and what the benefit will be and, and focus on that the next week. Then we can share uh, results, you know, next week or in a couple of weeks on the next call you join. Um, it's always cool to hear, like, uh, a praise report or, you know, a, a breakthrough someone had. Mm, thank you. Well, uh, Rosa, I don't know if you were here at the beginning. Uh, Carl opened us with a prayer. Um, do you wanna, do, would you like to close us in a prayer, closing out the call? Or if you'd like, I can close us in prayer. Some people, you know, get nervous praying in front of others. You can do it either way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll let you pray. I'm not afraid. Come on, you can pray in Spanish. No, do you speak Spanish? I speak Indonesian. Oh, ah, Indonesian. Cool. Okay. My wife is yeah. from the Philippines, so Filipino Tagalog is a little similar to Indonesian. Oh, okay, uh, okay, okay. Very nice. Uh, I think you guys say like salama. It's like salama. But thank you, right? Oh uh, no, salama. It's actually uh, uh, direct translation is uh, safe. But we use this for uh, if if I say salama pagi, that's good good morning. Salama siang, that is good afternoon. So mm-hmm. very yeah. nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll close this and I'll close this in prayer. Um, Father, uh, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your word. Uh, Thank you for Carl and Rosa and everyone that you've had on the call here with us. Uh, We just thank you that we can um, discuss how to apply um, the wisdom that you've put in your word in our lives to get the benefits that you want us to have. Uh, We praise you, Jesus, just for the the promises of the Father you fulfilled, how you said you came to give us life and life to the full. And uh, come to me, you are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. We just thank you for the rest that you've given us. We ask that um, as we work to be more productive, we would not strive in our flesh, but that we would uh, seek you and what to do, especially when we have our own business. Help us to uh, acknowledge that you are the CEO of our business and uh, we're the manager. So help us to have a manager and a stewardship mindset. And uh, we ask that you would uh, really help us to be a lot more productive, Father, as we apply um, the wisdom of what we've studied here tonight. Um, help Rosa as she's writing out her uh, systems and documenting things and uh, give her wisdom to know when to bring on a staff person 
and uh, who to hire and uh, that they can help her and really know what needs to get done. Thank you. Um, I pray, Father, that we would be willing to, to make a mess and uh, also that we would we would hold ourselves accountable and use benchmarking like we uh, talked about here tonight and uh, really measure our results that we can do things with excellence and that we can be known as the very best at what we do. I ask that, Father, that you would raise us up and give us the mindset of uh, determining to be the very best. Um, and also, Father, help us to be gracious with ourselves and realize um, we each have our own race to run and what another brother or sister's uh, life looks like is not necessarily the vision you have for us. So help us to uh, run our own race and, and to be content knowing we, we're doing our very best and we're always seeking to um, to improve to improve our results and be more productive. So uh, give us grace with ourselves and, and help us not to compare ourselves with others and, and have any uh, kind of bitterness or jealousy or any of those things, any of those um, those those weights, uh, those fleshly weights that can slow us down or hinder us. Father, we ask you to give Carl great clarity as he's seeking where to work next and, and how you would have him to work most effectively um, using the Seven Mountain strategy. And uh, I pray, Lord, that he could uh, use the Destiny dashboard to really help him get clarity on that. Uh, we thank you, Father, for all of your blessings to us, and we just thank you for this time of fellowship, and, and uh, we commit our week to you and ask that uh, you would make it productive and that you would be glorified in it. And we pray all these things in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, guys, it was awesome having you with us. Um, uh, just real quick, if you don't mind sharing, I know Carl told me that he um, found out about the uh, call from the S1 Chicago page. Rosa, did you um, did you see the info on the uh, webcast page or on King's Council or somewhere else? Um, it was from the uh, the closed Facebook group. Was it the one the from the, uh, was it the Dream Chris the Dream Trip webcast page? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Awesome. Yeah, I was telling Carl. Um, we've we, this is our fifteenth one. We've been doing these since the uh, beginning of January, roughly, or middle of January. Oh. Um. So yeah, this is the fifteenth of uh, forty teachings, and uh, so I plan on doing these like regularly on Thursdays throughout the summer. I may take a week or two off here or there when I'm doing a, a family vacation. Um, but other than that, you know, I'll be posting it regularly. So go ahead and, if you want, save this uh, number, and and you can, like, you have Google Calendar or, or uh, you know, Outlook or something. You can put it in your calendar for Thursday nights, and um, yeah, we can. You can join us in the future if you're available, and and um, you know, we can. We'd be glad to help you guys out with u- utilizing these things and getting uh, greater clarity. Thank okay. you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That was awesome. That was awesome. An awesome I- uh, idea to. To find a mentor and, and score and yeah that was great thank you very much yeah my thank pleasure you from Hawaii. what was that thank you from hawaii <laughs> oh thank you so much it's great to have you uh yeah so what's what's your name young lady um my, my name is helen tupai um i found out through the i subscribed to the 7m tribe and friends on the facebook feed so I saw the post, and so I was like, oh, okay, we have a – right now it's about 3 o'clock, uh, so I was trying to time it when, if I can still make the call or not. But thank you so much for this awesome material, um, just taking a look at the – just it's awesome. So thank you very much. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm, I'm a, yeah, I do yeah, business I'm, with a guy that's in Hawaii, so I always like try to talk to him at 5 o'clock Eastern because it's only 11 a.m. Hawaii time, you know, I'm six hours ahead right. of you guys. <laughs> So thank you. 
Yeah, certainly. Welcome, Helene. We'll, we'll, um, we're going to have the recording of this at the same link. So uh, on talk show, on talk show, usually it's available about 20 minutes after the call ends. Um, okay. Like if you, you came in halfway or missed part of it, um, you can listen to past trainings and also, uh, you know, listen to calls again uh, right on that same link. Just sort of click on the replay button when it uh, appears green or whatever, and you can listen to this training or any of the past ones. Great, on it. <laughs> yeah, if you have to work out five, you know, you can do it in the evening time. Uh, listen to the replay, you know, if that works. But if you're scheduled sometime. Yeah, thank you. I, this works perfect. So I, I can, I'll totally do that when I miss the live recording. Thank you so much. And God bless. Pleasure. Well, God bless, guys. You have an awesome week. And um, God willing, we'll talk to you again um, next week or in the near future. All right, we'll do. All right. Take care. All right. Thank you. Take care. Hey, Bye-bye. Thank you, Carl, Helene. I wrote to you guys. All right. All right. Bye for now. Bye. Bye-bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.